back when we first came here, there was alpine skiing there. And of course, you see the lifts that are now silent but are all over the mountain. That went from 1939, when there was first skiing up at Prospect Mountain, all the way to 1992. There was alpine skiing up there, no snowmaking. But of course, as the years went by, the snow became less and less reliable. We were challenged and will continue to be challenged by the lack of snow and probably global warming there. So this is a major consideration for us. <laughs> it's hard to see these things years to year to year since we tend, since we tend to forget. Uh, and perception is that winter in most years, that's not been this year, comes a little bit, uh, a little bit later. And certainly the winters, particularly January, February in the last 10 years, have been warmer than they were before. Before, The flip side of that is that if the snow survives uh, through February, the skiing in March and even in early April has been better and more extensive than some, uh, than some years. New England has always had thaws. Like It's been famous for that for 100 years. But I think there's more inconsistency now where you're more likely to have periods of rain, cold, snow, thaw. And we do always kind of say like, okay, next year, are we going to have another 60 degree winter? I study climate change for a living. So uh, I, uh, you know, see things. I know so many times when the kids were growing up where I'd go to meetings and I'd say, oh my God, I want to tell my family about that when I go home. So I, um, I sort of live with that sense of frustration to, you know, the world not being capable of, uh, of resolving this thing because I think we could actually have done something. Um, the skiing is, you know, I mean, we love winter and so uh, I guess it it just heightens our awareness of the changes that are occurring. I would, I would guess that most of the people that I know that ski, they think about it. And part of the reason that people ski is like, I don't know. There's concern among all of our season pass holders about this, it's true. Uh, and they are aware of the impact of less snow and what they like to do up there. That's uh, Our group is solidly behind efforts to, to slow down climate change, I can tell you that. All of our season pass holders and, and the folks who come up to Prospect. Honestly, it's like, you know, if, if I can't make that adjustment to my lifestyle, then I just wonder how can anybody else make that adjustment? 
the lifestyle. Like, I can't come down on other people for not trying harder to, you know, have LED bulbs and do carpools, do all those other things that honestly aren't really aggressive enough to make a huge lasting impact that's going to turn us around in time. Because, I mean, even the latest studies have shown that even if we really pull back and, you know, and really push towards a carbon reduction, you know, policy, we're still looking at shortened snow seasons. You know, the winter season is going to be much shorter all around. I mean, the industry has been studying this for years. It's a big question that certainly is on all our minds, that of, of the future uh, the future of skiing. Uh, and I guess my answer is there's, uh, in the extreme years we've seen already, we've seen about as bad as it could be, uh, could be because there have been years that have been five degrees C above normal or four and a half during, uh, uh, during the winter. Uh, and even in those winters at 2,200 feet, less so at a thousand foot elevation or eight, 800, the temperatures are still cold enough for snow uh, for snow. And I think projecting out 50 years, that's probably uh, what is a bad year now might be the norm of uh, the norm 50 years from now. If Prospect becomes like Williamstown is now, that's really depressing. And if that happens in 25 or 50 years, incredibly depressing for me right now. And to think that we can turn this globe another direction in any kind of time frame seems futile so <laughs> i try not to think too much about it because I, it's too depressing for me um so yeah i mean it's depressing but uh i think you know winter skiing is is just part of part of the life i grew up with in uh, in the northeast and you know and so um it doesn't depress me when I know I'm skiing. It, you know, it depresses me when the uh, when it rains on it. You can't give up, can we? And all of us should be concerned about climate change globally and here nationally, and support candidates who realize how important this is. Uh, certainly, I'm I'm in favor of that, and I'm sure you are too. And talking to our legislators and all that stuff, and my my son Andy has been involved with the Protect Our Winners group with many others that are. Uh, current or former members of the U.S. ski team, Keegan Randall and all those good folks, uh, to make sure we're, we're, we're talking about this. And uh, I'm certainly hoping that we get leadership in Washington that changes sometime <laughs> and we can refocus on the importance of that because it is real uh, and it's a worldwide issue. And I think, honestly, other countries understand this a little bit better right now than the U.S. But all that is important for us to do, as well as not giving up on this. And we want to continue to manage and improve our ski areas, and we're not giving up about that. If in 50 years there's just virtually no natural snow for Nordic skiing in New England, I'd have a hard time imagining continuing to do it, which you could, right? You could just make artificial snow, paint it on the trails, and particularly at a place like Prospect, where you have the elevation. But, I, but there's a part of me that feels like it doesn't make sense anymore. And your carbon footprint just to go for a ski is kind of crazy. And I don't know that I have a personal answer like, well, will I have to stop skiing? Potentially. You know, will it be that we go once a year and we go on vacation, we have to fly somewhere to ski? Um, you know, I don't know. 
to go skiing at Prospect, you got to drive, get in your car, you got to drive up there. It's a half hour drive. Imagine it had snow making up there. You're you're producing you know energy uses to do that. I guess at the end of the day, we can't all give up on sort of like we could all live within live and work within a mile of our house and never travel and never fly and never drive a car unless it was an electric car that's sort of impractical so we have to make choices and what we should probably do and what i think i can reconcile it with myself is make choices that are net positive to balance the net negative stuff that we do for me like watching watching how much joy people get out of skiing and the families that you know spend time together doing it the lessons that are learned you know through racing and the friendships that are made on the team i mean you know the things that the people on the team will go on to do and they became part of who they are is is skiing and they wouldn't be the same people without it and so when you start thinking about it like that you're like oh yeah it's definitely worth it we went and saw a climate change panel that was run by um, wamc radio several months ago um and there are some really fun people on the panel one of them was terry tempest williams the writer she had some really interesting things to say but what she was talking about um you know how to deal with the environmental issues and, and, and just, you know, how scary they were and how people tend to just try to not want to uh, deal with how scary they are. And, and, and she said, you know, probably the most important thing right now that people can do is to dare to not look away. And I thought that was a fascinating way to look at it. That we, we need to have the courage to actually look at the reality and not and not just panic, but think about okay, what's a, what are some ways in which I can contribute to fixing this? <laughs> and uh, and you know, it doesn't mean we have to give up what we love, like skiing, but it may mean we have to adjust how we go about providing skiing in the future. There are really two big issues for us in society. One is that our world is beginning to spin off its axis a little bit, and things are, climate change is going to affect us more and more, and in more and more devastating ways. And that's just the way it is. That's no, issue number one. And issue number two feels to me like, given that we're moving into this time of, of real discomfort and dislocation and change, that second issue of the day is how do we treat each other? So is it like the Titanic where the rich go to the top and the poor go to the bottom? Or is it, are we going to find a better way to treat each other as we move into this somewhat chaotic future? And I think that places like Prospect bring communities together and you find rich people and poor people and people of color and, and people from all walks of life join Prospect and finding ways to communicate and being together. And so it may be that we don't stop this world from going off its axis. I'd like to think 